Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the sports betting network. This is Sharp Money presented by DraftKings as we welcome you in for our three on a Wednesday. What's that mean? You know what it means, Scott Spritzer, professionally handicapper, one of the best. Doc Sports, DOCSports.com handicapper, at Scott Wins with two T's on Twitter. Been doing it for a long time. Nobody's better than Scott Spritzer. We say happy holidays and welcome, Scott. Of course, I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. Now, Dustin may not be with us on set because uh, I know this just will shock you, all that he, he went to the restroom again. Dude, are you – can we just – I like, I don't know if you need medication, but do you want to – are you okay, Dustin, big guy? What are you talking – normal people pee every two hours. Every two hours. I have – I peed when I got in. all saw me do that. And I haven't gotten up since. The, the, wow. He just, Bill Belichick, he got defensive there, huh, Mo? <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> By the way. Like uh, he's do, angry. Do you need a specialist? We can find you one. I think it's, is that normal for under 50? Is that, you know, I'm just. <laughs> well, hey, let's go a little further. Hey, under 40. Pros, hey, look, just Google prostate, Dustin. Anyway, um, Scott, you know, I actually think what we were talking about during the break was interesting because you said. I said, you know, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, did you bet the games? And I think you saying I bet one of them is a good moment here for people that are watching because it, you're, this is what you've done for a living for 30-plus years. You, you've made a living off of sports betting, yet you've got games on primetime, standalone games on Thanksgiving when you're chilling with the family at home, and you bet one of them. That's important. That's an important note, I think, to, uh, to uh, convey to the audience. There's Thanksgivings that I passed, and it just went one of those. It was one of those deals where I think it's because of the scheduling and guys not having your full week off and what teams are going to be motivated to be there and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that Thanksgiving day, uh, you know, had to be probably my worst day of the year for many, many years. And then a few years ago, I said enough is enough. I've got all these power ratings that say my team should be winning, situationals, all that kind of stuff. And they're coming out and they're playing like the Lions did against Green Bay, making Jordan Love look like Aaron Rodgers. Well, that was the play I had this week. I didn't have one. I had Detroit on Thanksgiving Day. And I can handle 0-1 because there were many, many moons during Thanksgiving Day. No matter what kind of season I was having, I could be hitting you know, upwards of 60% for an entire season, run into Thanksgiving and lose all three bets. And it's just, I think, and I've talked to a lot of handicappers and a lot of bettors who will just pass Thanksgiving uh, for having the same difficulty. I can't remember, guys, the last time that I bet the Yag Bowl. I, I don't remember. Uh, it's been at least a decade. And so, you know, I can handle 0-1, a small play on Detroit, and then sitting uh, down for dinner, we went out, uh, myself and my wife and a couple of members of the family went out to a restaurant, and they got the TVs up in the restaurants, and I'm watching Dallas and not caring what happens, and that always feels good. Uh, but that's been a weird day, and I keep telling people all the time, you, you don't have to bet every day. My gosh, you, you know, I handicap the board every single day. You don't have to bet every day. There's been plenty of college basketball days already this season when you got 50 games, and I got one bet. That's the way it goes for me usually in the month of November. 
Patrick, I think Scott brings up a great, great point, and we talk about this all the time on the standalone games, the Thursday, the Sunday night, uh, Friday night, excuse me, Monday night games. Look, if you don't like the play, why are you making a play? Wait for a potential in-game opportunity. Scott, you know this very well. 95 to 98 percent of games, you're going to almost get an opportunity to get a better number. It's going to be rare sure. like it's Ole Miss NC State last night where literally Ole Miss jumps out seven or nine nothing, whatever it was, and they never trailed in the game, and it's a wire-to-wire -wire job. Even L uh, LSU-Syracuse yesterday, I had Syracuse. In the first half, they were down by three. Now, granted, it was a small window, but if you're just patient enough, Patrick, you can always find either a better number or something that you like. I, I think the point Scott made can't be overstated. There's a guy here in Las Vegas also, by the way, and I remember I happen, I'm hardly ever on Twitter, guys. I'm, I'm not a big social media guy. Uh, I do a little bit on Facebook when it's 3 a.m. and I had a glass of bourbon, you know, but that's a different story. Uh, <laughs> but as far as Twitter, you know, I'm not on Twitter a whole lot. And, and uh, I happened to be on there, though, last week. I forget what day of the week it was. And... Uh, there was a person here in Vegas who's been a handicapper for many, many, many years. And he said, it was like a Friday and a lot of games. And he goes, I don't like anything. I'm passing the entire board. And the reason I saw it is because I follow Fezzik. We follow each other. And I saw Fezzik chime in and say, boy, his power rating just went up about three points for me because he passed. And, that, and I think it's great, you know, and, and that Fezzik jumped in and, and said that to him, replied to him and said, you know, you don't always have to bet just because there's games on the board. And we say that for years, but a lot of guys have a hard time being disciplined enough to pass when it's just not there. No, that's the point that I, I'm glad you, you guys both said it, that reinforcing that because the games run now, I'll admit, I don't have the self-containment like you do. So there I am on Thanksgiving, live betting, coming off a bet, getting back on a bet, betting half times. But, to, uh, but, but that's just, I'm a donk. I'm no, a donk. But to your point, like about a week ago, we had Samich on Friday. And you said, hey, give me a college basketball game. You go, look, I'm just going to bet it. And you specifically said, give me a game starting at 3 o'clock. Right? Yes. So you're like, yes. You just were taking it for a smaller amount than you normally would just for action. You could do that from time to time. I think the biggest thing, and, and Scott's point, what he's making is look, if you're going to do this seriously and you're looking to make money, I don't care if a guy comes in from out of town and he's staying at one of the properties at Circa, the D, wherever, Golden Gate, and he's like, look here, I'm here for 48 hours. I'm going to bet every game on the board, first half, second half, fine, go crazy. But if you're going to do this consistently, you can't sit here and go, well, that game's at this time. It's the only game. I'm going to bet it. you got to find a game where you think you have an advantage. If you don't, then go ahead and flip a coin because you have better odds because you're not laying 110. You're probably 50-50 against somebody else. And that's one thing also is you got to – I like to look at the card. If I decide I don't like much, I'll look for possibilities of if this happens in the first quarter, am I going to be tuning into that game for some possible in-game betting? Yeah. You know, you look for certain things to happen to have more action that way. But um, – Again, it's just, you know, I'm very picky. There's guys out there, and a lot of people will claim that this is what you should do. And I do think for some people you should do it. I don't have a problem with this. You have guys played 18, 19, 20, 25 college basketball games on a busy Saturday, and I'm sitting there with seven. And I've just found, and again, I agree that, you know, betting everything you like rather than cherry picking is probably good in the long, in the long run, but there's a few of us out there who still – you know, are able to get the job done by betting five to seven to nine games per college basketball Saturday rather than 2025. Well, Scott, I have no. a quick question, ahead, Patrick. Please. So a lot of people bet units, which is fine. No, no qualms with that. That's not my personal style. Me, I'd rather take one game every third day and just load up on a particular game because sure. I like that game. Uh, what is kind of your philosophy if, for example, college basketball and baseball, it's a nonstop, right? It's every day, right. and you've got a ton of games. And right now for college basketball, a lot of people may be looking at the board going, you got uh, UMass Lowell going, going up against Stonehill, right? These aren't teams that a lot of people may be paying attention to, so they don't like the board or certain matchups. I mean, where do you come in on that philosophically? I, it's funny. I, I would say that I never try to go more than 10% of a bankroll sure. in any one day, so I kind of base it around that. But I will play multiple unit games, um, you know, Small plays, opinions, stuff like that might get a unit from me or something like that. But I will play multiple unit games uh, from day to day. And, and again, I probably am not playing, as far as units are concerned, if you want to look at it from that standpoint, I would say I'm not playing the amount of units that most people, or a lot of people, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people are. Um, percentage of bankroll to me is the number one thing. And I keep mine at 10% or less of my overall bankroll per day. I'm never going to lose more than 10% any one day. 
I'll say, that, hey, big guy, you got me. I'll say this. Based on what I just said to Scott and Amal with my betting tendencies and needing action, I said urology for you. How about therapy for me? You know what I'm saying, big guy? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Maybe I, I need to talk somebody about that. I think I need to because even while he was talking, I was still firing up a play on a, on a Rockets looking for, for someone on that team to benefit from Fred Van Vliet being out tonight. Couldn't tell if I was going to go with Green or Jabari Smith. So I think I, I'm still betting it. I'm not listening to Scott, but I know he's right. Well, well, also, also, let's carry over the – Amal, you and Scott were having a college basketball conversation right before we started. I don't know if there's a ton there, but you were talking about some of those rivalry games. Maybe we could uh, elucidate a little bit on what you guys were discussing as far as college hoops. Yeah, so when you have two teams playing, and particularly an in-state matchup, not like a Ohio State-Michigan when you get into conference play, but, for example, right now what I was talking about is UMass Lowell is playing Stonehill. And you sit there and go, who the hell is Stonehill the Skyhawks? Well, you know what? Look, they're up there in, in the Boston area. Same with UMass Lowell, not too far away. In this particular matchup, Stonehill is catching 15 and a half on their home floor. And to me, I'm like, listen, if Lowell goes on the road and they win that game by 16 points, I'm willing to live with the loss. There's just certain plays I'm going to make in certain matchups. Last year, perfect example, Rice goes to Austin to take on the Longhorns. They're catching 20, 20 and a half in that game. End up losing the game around four to six points. It was very competitive down to the end. These smaller schools, when they play up against some of the bigger state schools, schools that didn't recruit them, Nichols this year going into Baton Rouge at the Maribich Center, beating LSU. They didn't just cover the 20. They won the game outright. Patrick, there's some opportunities in some of these matchups. Maybe, you know, you're in Southern California. There's so many colleges, particularly in the Big West. If you've got CSUN, uh, UC Irvine, the Anteaters went into the Galen Center this year, beat USC on their home floor, catching 12, 12 and a half. If for SC, it's just another game. For the Anteaters, kids from down in Orange County there, it's an opportunity to win a game against a Pac-12 team. You'll never get another opportunity in your life. So take that into consideration. You're going to do much better by taking the dogs with these bigger numbers long-term than you would on a few losses here or there. These teams are more competitive than they would be in some other normal games. Anything to add there, Scott? I, I don't disagree. Um, I did not get on Stonehill today. I, I passed that game. Uh, but I don't disagree. And, and again, it's like I look for that stuff early in the season. Uh, we had a little action on UC Irvine against USC. Yeah. Now, if they're garbage, you know, those teams, obviously I'm going to pass, but I'm not going to play against them if they're getting too many points. Uh, UCLA has struggled with Fullerton over the years. You know, yep. we've seen them play early season college basketball. And these are kids that are, you know, they never got that offer from UCLA or USC, and they're gonna, that's their game of the year. So I agree with them all. I look to play those dogs in those situations, and a lot of times if I don't see enough to play on that dog, I just end up passing the game completely. Yeah, Patrick, just to add Wonderful. to that, real quick, yeah, go ahead. you're probably not going to win the game. Like Colgate ends up blowing the game against Syracuse, but Hamilton to Syracuse, not that far away. None of those kids on Colgate got recruited by Syracuse. But let me tell you, they led that game for 37 minutes. You never had a chance to lose the 15 and a half there. In my life, when UCLA hired Mick Cronin, I've never said, is there a worse fit in the history of sports than Mick Cronin in UCLA? He hasn't lost a game in five years. So, like, I, I don't know why you guys just bringing up UCLA made me think of it. It just, yeah. it just didn't seem like it was going to fit, and it worked out perfectly. We're just getting started with Scott Spritzer, Spritzer professional handicapper, coming back here. Sharp Money. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! 
and even checkouts not until four so because the american express platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants elevated experiences at live events and 4 p.m late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel that's the powerful backing of american express see how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with amex terms apply ai might be the most important new computer technology ever it's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network, as we welcome you back here on a Wednesday as we move closer and closer to December. Hope you're doing well. I'm Patrick Maher, Omal Shaw, Dustin Swedelson. We're presented by Giraffe Kings. Of course, our buddy Scott Spritzer is here, professional handicapper, Doc Sports, DOC Sports. I encourage you to go check out the video. Scott will give you a free play late night. And also, Scott wins on Twitter. Scott, I see in your notes one of the games, and we'll just kind of jump around here and have some fun. Of course, we'll get to the college football and championship week and the NFL week 13. Opening up tomorrow night, Seattle needs a win, and Seattle's catching like nine uh, against Dallas in Dallas tomorrow night. So we'll get to that. Uh, but one of the games that you had circled as far as the NBA is the Pistons hosting the Lakers. And I'm curious what you're doing with this. I'm showing right now, just to give you an updated number, I'm showing the Pistons catching seven and a half, hosting the Lakers. The Pistons are going for a franchise record 15 straight losses. They just got beat by 19 two nights ago by the Washington well, I was about to say bullets, so I apologize, but that was a sweet nickname. I think we all would agree Wizards Terrible Bullets was a great nickname, and I don't know if that's PC. Uh, but which way are you going here, the Lakers against the Terrible Pistons? I, I actually was able to lay six and a half at about 2 o'clock in the morning, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning last night, so it is seven and a half. but I, I still like the Lakers here. I mean, I look for NBA team. I'm very situational and spot-oriented when it comes to the NBA more than any other league, and have had probably my best success in any sport over the last five years has been in pro basketball and you know I jumped on this I started looking at it right away I earmarked it because they got beat by 44 points the other night in their last game the Lakers and LeBron did play last night they were saying he was questionable he may not play AD was listed as probable and then you look at their opponent that hasn't won since October 30th you mentioned Detroit and I thought you know this is a good team to go against for them to bounce back even if LeBron doesn't play I think they'll be refocused and uh, be a little bit motivated, a little chip on their shoulder after what happened the other night. Uh, they're also, by the way, on a 19-7 and spread run off a loss of 15 or more. So that just a little bit of icing on the cake. Don't base anything on trends, but I like it when it fits what you've already got. So I, I just think it's a situation where they come out and they play their butts off and they handle a bad Detroit team. Even at 7.5, it's up a point from where I got it. I still like it. And, and they were on a 7-2 and straight-up run before that bad loss to Philly. So I just think it's one of those points. Now, every NBA team is an all-star college basketball team this team's got their pride they're going to come out and try to play well after getting bombed by the Sixers Pat Patrick I like that you brought this game up and if you don't want to lay seven and a half here I'd potentially look at the Pistons team total under it's probably going to be about 111 the Lakers got embarrassed worst loss of LeBron's career I mean where they lose by I think 48 points the 44, other day 44 yeah. yeah 44 uh, they gave up 134 somewhere in that range they'll be far better in this one 138 excuse me in that game against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers and generally when a team gets embarrassed as Scott alluded to the first area where you see the improvement is on the defensive side of the ball and it doesn't fit everybody. If Detroit loses by 50, I'm probably not playing them next time out. 
You know, so it, right. it doesn't. It's not like a, a team that's playing badly that I'm going to jump on because they lost by 30 points. You know, in the previous game, it's got to be a, a halfway decent team at least. Good college basketball game, Tennessee, North Carolina. Uh, about two hours from now, Tennessee, excuse me, North Carolina lane two and a total of 145, Scott. Which way are you going here? I, I took a small shot of the dog here, the short dog, uh, Tennessee. Uh, they've dropped two in a row, but, you know, they've lost to two national title contenders in Kansas and Purdue. Obviously, uh, nothing to be ashamed of. And I've still got that uh, Dustin was laughing at me because of what happened to Fezzik last year in the first round, but I still got a ticket at 16-1 to 1 on Purdue. I'm just hoping they get out of that first round and they shore up their turnover problems in March. And no, ahead, I'm laughing because I can't stand Matt Painter. Right. And it just – but last year, I right before the tournament started, I bet them 10-1 to 1 to win it all because it's yeah. just – you look at the roster, you think they're going to be there, like – it all makes sense. It should happen, but Matt Painter's still the coach. This is yeah, you're right. This is one of those things in, in that I like to look at as also a you know, a top seed contender who got knocked out. We don't see it very often. We saw it with Virginia and I did the same thing well, a few years ago. And then Virginia won the title the next year. Exactly. Though. So that's what I did was uh, we jumped on them the very next season after losing to the 16 seed, thought I'd do it again here because Purdue's obviously loaded with talent. They just got to shore up those turnover issues they tend to have and their backcourt issues when it comes to March Madness. But having said that, that's who Tennessee's lost to. They've lost to Kansas. They've lost to Purdue, two teams that could win the national title. Uh, they've been excellent on a defense this year when you talk about the balls that rank number one of the nation in adjusted efficiency. Uh, so they got that go going for them. And I, I had Carolina against Arkansas. And the first half wasn't too promising. And then they had the big second half. Arkansas is a weird team, though. Uh, if you look at their last four games, Arkansas has a grand total of 26 assists and 56 turnovers. And they also go into long droughts last year and this year when it comes to shooting. And I'm an Eric Musselman fan, uh, but I had Carolina in that game. They were able to work away from Arkansas in the second half. And uh, also I wanted to mention that if you look at how North Carolina has done the last 20 games, I guess it is, against teams that are playing 600 to 800 basketball in the month of November. They've only covered four of those 20 games. They tend to struggle with the better teams on their schedule the first month of the season. And hopefully, I think Tennessee goes in and gets the outright win. I went ahead and took the bucket. Yeah, I think it's a good play here. I didn't touch this one, but I would lean towards Tennessee. First of all, Cormac Ryan, the best shooter for North Carolina, has got an ankle injury. He's sure. going to be a game-time decision. Uh, didn't practice uh, leading up to the game, so that's an area of concern. You saw the turn in the ankle in the game against Villanova. The other thing is, look, they lost Caleb Love. He was their go-to scorer. R.J. Davis is solid, but he was more effective when he had Love there in the backcourt with him. Not a big Amando Baycott guy. And Harrison Ingram, the Stanford transfer, not as good as he was coming out as a McDonald's All-American. Um, you know, it's a good thing his dad owns about 20 McDonald's because he's going to be working there pretty soon the way he's been playing. Uh, for me, though, I'm with Scott on this one, Patrick. But if you don't want to touch this game, this is a perfect example of an in-game opportunity. You hope somebody jumps out seven, eight points early on one way or the other, catch a good or a better number on the in-game. I still think Tennessee is the second-best team for my money in the SEC. And I want to add one more thing, and Scott, I want to get your thoughts on this. Right now, uh, Big Blue, Kentucky, probably 12, 13, 14 to 1 to win the national title. Shepard, uh, his son, uh, uh, what is it, Ryan Shepard, I forgot his name, Jeff Shepard, who played for Kentucky on the national championship team in 96. His son's uh, Reed Shepard. He's an absolute dude. They're going to get Bradshaw back. Bradshaw is a 7-1 center with a number two recruit in college basketball or coming into college basketball this year. Hasn't played yet. This Kentucky team, if you like futures, take a look at them to win the national title. This is going to be a dangerous team. And as we get towards conference play, their numbers will get below 10 to 1. Yeah. And as you mentioned, just to follow up on that real quickly, is that they haven't had everybody they're going to have yeah. come March. And they've actually played better than I thought they would to start the season. Um, and so I think Kentucky is going to actually be a very big contender, and it's not a bad bet to make right now. One final note on North Carolina, and I want everybody to know, I'm not saying I think this team's overrated. I don't. Uh, but they've only played one team that's right now ranked in Ken Palm's top 48. They lost that game. Now, Tennessee's already been through the gauntlet with Kansas and Purdue, so I, I do factor that a little bit into this early season handicapping. Is there anything else, just college basketball-wise, uh, us, both of you? Scott, we'll start with you before conference play, and we're just kind of, you know, there's a lot of, obviously, football that people are mostly focused on. Is there anything else you can point to as far as early season college hoops for a new better? Assist turnover ratio. God, that's my favorite thing in the month of November. Uh, doesn't always mean you're going to have a winning month of November, but, you know, I just mentioned Arkansas. They're playing Duke. A lot of sharp guys like Arkansas tonight. 
Uh, I stayed away from the game. I have an opinion and did a, a video on, on Duke tonight. Um, it's just an opinion, but it's a strong opinion. But the bottom line is, if you look at the last four games, and I get it, the Razorbacks, you know, you hate to say in November they're in desperation mode, but they can really use a win after the way they've played a little bit so far uh, in the month of November. And again, losing by 15 to uh, North Carolina last time out, having a bad second half. Look at the assist turnover ratio on these teams. Arkansas has, like, the last four games, it goes six assists, seven assists, assist, six assists, seven assists, 26 in four games. Turnovers, like 13, 12, 18, 12. They've got, even against Stanford, they had a really upside-down assist-to-turnover situation. It's 26 to 56 assists to turnovers in the last four games. And you also got to hope they don't do one of their, you know, droughts for five or six or seven minutes shooting-wise, which is what haunted them last year and has haunted them a couple of times so far this season. So I thought, you know, I, I get why folks are on Arkansas in this game, but I ended up giving out a free play, a strong opinion on a video on the uh, Duke Blue Devils. Listen, I'm not surprised by Scott's call on the Devils, even though they're on the road at Bud Walton, always a tough place to play. This Arkansas team doesn't shoot the three ball particularly well, just 33%, and that's an alarming number early in the season because when you play some of these hostess and cupcakes along the way, your number should be in the high 30s to low 40s with some opportunities. Tremont Mark, the Houston transfer, not a great shooter. They've got some good athletes on this team. The, uh, the matchup tonight between Brazil and, of course, uh, Filipowski and Mitchell inside is going to be really intriguing. One other thing I want to add from looking at a game standpoint, Patrick, I'm big on two things in college basketball. Turnovers per game. Scott looked at assisted turnover. I'm more on turnovers per game. And then three-point field goal percentage defense and then your free throw percentage. Because if you've got a yep. team that's in the high – Villanova, every year under Jay Wright, you got a lead, don't worry about it. They're going to cover it because everybody goes to the free throw <laughs> line and makes their free throws. And that's what you want. You see a team below 72 73%. Unless you've got two guards who are north of 78% to 80%, it's hard to take those teams to cover numbers. There you go. And big guy, you'll take us to break with your early college basketball betting secrets. Go ahead. Yeah, if I tell you I like a team, take the other side. You'll be rich. <laughs> You'd be a billionaire if you fade me in soccer. <laughs> That's how I feel. It's ugly, man. I might only bet futures. Just bet one future a week from here on out. College basketball is next. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, Sharp Money, take an opportunity to tell you about Zen. Zen nicotine pouches are number one. It's helped millions of people achieve lasting change, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or a dipper looking to ditch the ashtray or spit cup, look no further than Zen. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. It's available in two strengths, so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every Zen can earns you points, premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line techs, Zen swag, and even gift cards. Find your Zen at your local convenience store online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. As a warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. I'm all shot. Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money. v the Esports Betting Network. Scott Spritzer. You see him there. Doc Sports. DOCSports.com to check out the picks and the plays at Scott Wins with two T's on Twitter. We are going to get to the college football. I didn't tease that well, but we were talking some teaching lessons about college basketball betting before we went to break. And Scott, you just wanted to follow up with a couple of more here. Yeah, just a couple more because uh, Amal reminded me of one when he talked about the free throw percentages. And there's something I like to look at it that looks at free throw percentages, part of my daily handicap or tools that I use. But there's also one step further, and that's free throw attempts per field goal attempts. And I love to look at that because you can tell who's getting to the line because if you have an 80% free throw shooting team and they're only getting there eight times a game, it's not doing a lot of good for you. But if you've got these teams that are top 40, you know, in free throw attempts per field goal attempts, which you can find on Ken Palm, uh, Pomeroy's site, he, he lists all that stuff. That's one that I like to look at combined with what Amal was saying with shooting percentages at the stripe. And then one thing I like to, this is basically a non-conference tool that I use. You don't see this big disparities when it comes to conference play. But I like to match up a really good team against a really bad team 
when the really good team loves to play a very fast tempo or a really good adjusted offensive tempo, and the really bad dog will also play a quick tempo and likes a fast adjusted tempo. Man, when a dog gives in like that and will play up to it, like if you got Creighton, you know, and they're, they're top 15, top 10 in adjusted tempo, and they're playing, you know, let's say uh, you know, Southern Illinois, and they're 5 and 10, and they play a very quick tempo and they don't shoot well, I'm all over teams that'll lay 20, 25 points in that situation. They'll score 85 for you. So those are a couple of things that I just wanted to add to that mix. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, th I promise you there is no trap, so don't feel pressure here. <laughs> we, were having, we were having the debate yesterday, Michigan, Oregon on a neutral. Okay? And then Amal texted a couple of bookmakers, and we got a number. Okay. Uh, do you want to go ahead and just give what you think the number would be, Michigan, Oregon on a neutral? I do Football, power ratings, so I'm trying to remember what I made it on Monday morning. I'm gonna, I think I had Michigan one. One and a half points better, right in there. <laughs> you were much, you were much closer, wasn't he, boys, than us? We yeah. all had Oregon, and so like maybe you know short, but Oregon is a favorite. And I'm all. I think both bookmakers had Michigan, correct? Four and a half and two and a half on Michigan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you know, kind of split in the middle between you guys. <laughs> but yeah, I think well, it's about one and a half is what I had on my power ratings. Okay, that's just the way to set up this championship week, and we'll start with Oregon. Um, who you had pretty close there with Michigan. Do you have your power rankings making them a 10-point favorite, which is what it is there? We've got nine and a half. Oregon there in, of course, Las Vegas. Rematch against Washington. Yeah, here's the thing. I, I know, you know, that a lot of folks, whether they're sharp betters or not, like you guys are sharp guys. I'm driving in. I'm listening to talking about this game with the previous, with your previous guest, Drew, and, and – um, I got to say that my power rating was nine, you know, before the line wow. came out. So, and, and I got a ticket on, I'm with, I'm with Dustin here. I got a ticket on Washington, Washington. So, you know, what I'm rooting for there. Uh, so I wasn't shocked when this line opened the way it did. Um, having said that, I don't always jump on, you know, like this is very close, obviously nine, nine and a half with where my power rating was. Uh, but let's say I made Oregon nine and a half and the line was seven and a half. I don't always jump on that team just because it's separated from my, my power rating a little bit. It's a starting point for me, and then I got a few other steps that I'll look at. Um, in this game, guys, I, I think the under, believe it or not, is the way to go in this contest. If you looked at that last game in the regular season, it's 33-29 late. You know, Washington gets a fourth down. Uh, they convert a fourth down. They score late. They end up winning 36-33. And I, I, had, I got a push in that game. I actually had Washington in that game. Uh, but it was that close to staying under the posted total. And when you look at these teams, like one report shows that there have only been two top five undefeated teams to receive more than a touchdown in a conference title game going back to 2005. Both of those teams lost by double digits. So that's kind of scary. It's a very small sample size. Doesn't happen often. But that's kind of scary if you like the Washington Huskies. By the way, those teams, according to Action Network, uh, Alabama was plus 10 at Florida in 2008. Bama lost by 11. And then 2020, Notre Dame was 11 and a half, plus 11 and a half in that ACC title game against Clemson, and Clemson won by 24. So big dogs in this spot in a conference championship, and those two chances in 18 years have lost and not done well. The thing that I, the reason I like the under here, guys, a couple of reasons, <clears throat> again, with about 90 seconds to go, Washington scores that final touchdown. They converted a fourth down along the way. Their offense has slowed down of late. 528 yards the last two games on 5.2 yards per play. I know it's been discussed that Penix maybe had the flu, wasn't feeling good, a little bit under the weather the last couple of the games, and maybe he'll play better here. Oregon games haven't topped this total the last three weeks. They held their last three opponents to 79 yards rushing on 3.6 yards per carry on average, 323 total yards on 5.3 uh, per play. So it's not like these defenses are folding right now. And a, good, a real quick note about Knicks. I saw this stat last week, and it was uh, one of the networks on TV that talked about it. If you look at what Knicks has done this year, he's been brilliant. We all know that. It was something like 65% of his passes thrown this year have been in the air for less than 10 yards. They're looking at yak. They're looking at yards after catch, those slants they run, uh, great blocking, sometimes illegal picks that don't get called, things of that nature <laughs> to set that offense free. And I think Washington, having seen that, will be able to slow him down a bit. So for me, it's under 66 is, is what I like here. And I, I do kind of like the side here a little bit more on the under. 
You know, Patrick mentioned it when you talk about these receivers from Oregon. He talked about how easily they just seem to get open. Right. And, I mean, you can't tackle these guys if it were flag football, let alone tackle football. <laughs> it's like a combination of speed and scheme. They look like it looks like a Canadian football league like <laughs> field. Like they're just they're running in space constantly. That's a good point. And, again, they just I think because Washington has played against it, they've obviously got really good athletes to defend it and prep for it that they're going to be able to slow down Oregon enough to help keep this game under the total. And I, you know, I'm not going to be shocked if Washington takes this right to the wire. Boy, it just seems like, except for you guys, it seems like everybody I've talked to this week is ducks, 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 like it's a done deal. Well, you know, so. I, I, I like the ducks at the number being, we thought that, we talked about it about two weeks ago, we thought the number was going to be about three or four. Uh -huh. And so that's why I think I liked Oregon. But at this number, with Washington having, having had the success against Dan Lanning, concerns me a little bit. Sure. Um, I get your point on the total. And look, it barely got over last time. But the one thing that I saw in this last game, Patrick, that I don't think you'll see as much of here, weather will not be a factor. You're in a dome in a controlled environment. Think about last year's Pac-12 title game. Utah came up and just hit a barrage of points in the second half. And you had 14 play drives, 12 play drives. You had another, you know, extended drives by Washington, 13 plays, turnover on downs. Oregon, 10 play drive, turnover on downs. I think in this stadium, it is going to be comfortable. Roma Dunze, hey, man, go deep. There's not going to be any weather in your eye. Just go make the play. And there's not a single guy you go, well, that guy's going to stop him. So I think it could still be a high-scoring game. But if you said, Scott, I had to play this game, I look at taking Washington a nine and a half, even though I think the Ducks win the Pac-12 title. And by the way, under 66 is not for the faint of heart between Oregon <laughs> and Washington. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> what did you take? I'm just curious, and hopefully we can keep you for another segment sure. if you don't mind, Scott. But I'm just curious, what did you take from the Michigan-Ohio State game? Just We can use it to apply to Michigan as they get to the Final Four here. Again, Michigan, just they just employ what they want against their opposition they can they can run right at teams and and continue to do so for an entire four quarters and move the ball and move the chains a little bit uh, concerned with Michigan not this week against Iowa I'm not talking from a point spread perspective but just to win the game is that they're banged up on that offensive line a little bit after that game but uh, you know I just saw a team that is so well coached I mean I'm, I'm going to go back to my roots I haven't seen a team that just thinks it's John Wooden-esque practice what you do best take care of your assignment on the field, and we're going to leave the field a winner. And I think of guys like John Wooden. I think of guys like Tom Osborne, 80s and 90s. And that's what they did. I do a show with Rob Zadishka, who played on the national championship teams at Nebraska. I do a show with him on Wednesday nights, played for the Giants for a few years. He talks about we didn't care who the opponent was. You know, he goes, all we did was work on our assignments, and if we followed them, we knew we were probably going to win that game. That's what I see out of Michigan. I don't see that out of anybody else except Michigan and Georgia. Are, are those the two teams you would bet to win the national title right Michigan now? Michigan and Georgia? Yeah, yeah definitely. Okay. Uh, and, and again, there's not a big separation from Oregon. I'm not going to say there is. Even Alabama. Are you going to be shocked if Bama pulls off the win this week? I don't think they will. Uh, but those two teams, they just do what their coach tells them. They follow their assignments on the field, and they win games. To answer your question, I, I want to speak for Patrick here. Yes. <laughs> I would be. I would be. I'm. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to be laughed at on Monday. I know this. I keep I'm just going so hard. I would be shocked <laughs> if Georgia got lost to Alabama. And let's come back and discuss it. Okay. SEC championship game five and a half right now. Scott Spritzer in studio here on Sharp Money. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 
6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, DraftKings, new customers using the promo code SHARP at $5, get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Also, everybody bet no red, DraftKings, and no sweat, same game parlay. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Got you back, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money presented by... Of course, DraftKings. We've got our buddy Scott Spritzer, Doc Sports, and Scott wins on Twitter. Let's do this, fellas. I, I know you and Dustin both have a bunch of futures as far as college football. Let's talk about what you're sitting on and how you're going to handle them. I know Dustin looks for hedging opportunities here. Scott, Dustin, go for it. Uh, first, let's see. I have Alabama 40 to 1. To win the national title. Now that I got, and let's talk line. about how that happened. As soon as they lost to Texas, you went and bet it, right? Yeah. As soon as I said, "Look, are we really gonna?" And this is only because I was also high on LSU. I also bet LSU at fifty to one the same weekend. I said, "Look, it's the SEC West. One of them will be there. I don't know how the rest of the season's gonna look. If they win the SEC title game over Georgia, who at that point in the season was really vanilla on offense." They'll make the playoff, and that ticket is worth something to me. So right now, though, the way it looks, I am going to go Georgia Moneyline and bet enough on it so that I make money on the ticket. Okay. Scott, I believe you had Alabama, too. Washington. We had Washington. Oh, Washington. And, Dustin, you had Washington as well, correct? I have Washington 40-1 to from right before the season started and 25-1 to after a few weeks in. Now, in, in season, again, after Oregon lost, after watching that matchup with Washington, I said, look, the Pac-12 is coming down to th- these two teams. I wasn't buying USC anymore. So I bought Oregon at 12-1, to 1, and then a couple weeks later at plus 850. The tickets pay out almost the same amount, just a little bit less on Oregon. I had, to, I had to front a little bit more on the Oregon tickets. So I'm good either way, as long as one of them is in the playoff, to then make money on that. So I am not hedging anything this week. Uh, I should be good to go. For Scott, how are you going to approach your your situation with Washington? First of all, I like his logic with jumping on Alabama when you did, jumping on uh, LSU when you did. When there's um, blood in the streets. Absolutely. And, you know, and I my, my big thing about the caveat for me when it came to Alabama was watching, even though it's in, in Saban we trust and nobody's going to get the most out of these guys, I was watching a quarterback react differently to Saban that game and after that game for a week or two who was – looked like he was ticked off and ready to walk off the field or punch save in one or the other. And I thought, boy, I wonder if this guy's mature enough between the years to be able to take the way Saban coaches you up and be able to turn that into a winning rest of the season. Nice call by you. Um, the Washington ticket I'm going to stick with, I'm not hedging. It's 22 to 1. I'll stick with it. Uh, if they somehow got to the championship game, they're going to be a huge dog to probably Georgia or Michigan. And so for those reasons, I won't do a money line that, play. That, I'm just going to stick yeah. with it. That's an issue. I, so I had TCU 80 to 1 last year, and uh-huh. that was a ticket that I, I, I bet November 1st or November 4th. So it was late in the year. But for whatever reason, the market didn't think they'd be in the playoffs. And I really love that team. But I could never really get a good hedge because when they faced Georgia – I think I had to lay $5 on Georgia right. on the money line. And I was waiting for an in-game opportunity. Nothing really came along the way. I did hedge against them, against the spread when they were favorites against Baylor, which allowed me to make money on that ticket. But, like, I would have liked to make more because it was so juicy. Makes sense. Let's jump into I, – I wanted to talk about this just because it's rather funny. Michigan-Iowa, Big Ten Championship. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you could bet full game because I think we you all would agree that – the expectations for Michigan in the second half is to be like Dallas against the commanders eating turkey legs. Like what is it's 20, 
Well, we're showing 22 right now. DraftKings, Michigan laying at them all. 35 on the total. As just what makes that total funny is I believe Michigan averages close to 39 points a game. Yeah. So little respect here for Iowa's defense and no respect for Iowa's offense. If you look at like net points per drive, you'll see that Iowa overall, both sides of the line of scrimmage shoved together. You're talking like 45th in the country or something crazy like that. And then you look at net points per drive allowed. They're like second in the nation. Net points per drive offensively, 132nd out of 133 teams, something crazy <laughs> like that. What's been nuts about this program for a couple of years now is, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's coaching, they don't make costly mistakes. So they can goof their way through a bad Big Ten West and look you know, like crap on offense and look like they're playing with a round football from 1890 when they try to throw the football and still win games because of great defensive play, great special teams plays, and they don't make costly mistakes. They had 57 yards in the second half last week and two first downs for the entire second half. They find a way to win 13 to 10, or the other team found a way uh, to lose, I guess you could throw in there also. Deacon Hill, their quarterback, 11 for 28, 94 yards and a pick. I mean, that's a stat line from last week's game, and yet they win again. That, that, that stuff's over with. Uh, this looks like 31 to 3 to me. I saw... You know, if you look at, in theory, at minus 22 at a total of 35, in theory, you're saying like 29 to 6. Six? Are they playing six quarters? I mean, Iowa, <laughs> it's like, I don't know, man. I will probably get a defensive score or a special team score on a fumble. Uh, they'll celebrate like crazy. They'll lose, you know, 38 to 6 or 9 or something like that. Um, boy, there's just, if Michigan keeps half the team on the bus, maybe. I, now, a couple of years ago, these two teams hooked up. Michigan beat them 42 to 3. That was a weak Iowa offense, but not as bad as this one. That Iowa offense probably be 10 points favorites over this Iowa offense. Their defense was good two years ago. Not as good as it is this year, but it was good. Michigan beat them 42-3. If Michigan's focused, they're just going to wear this team down in the second half. Again, Nebraska held them to 57 yards and two first downs in the final two quarters of play. If they're doing that, and Nebraska's got a good defense. I don't want to rip them too much. But if they're doing that, Michigan just focused, rolls this team. I tell you, for me, Patrick, I would take a shot at the Iowa team total only because they've scored a touchdown 11 of the 12 games. But if there's a turnover, and, and I think there might be an opportunity for them, Michigan could also be flat. If you look at some of the scores Michigan has yielded this year, they've come late in the fourth quarter in games that have been, you know, as Scott alluded to, 31 to 3 type of scenario. So that's the only way I see the Hawkeyes getting on the board. You talk about just a flat, terrible game that they're going to have on Fox on Saturday. <laughs> and yeah, Michigan six. doesn't need style points. So if you like Iowa, you got that going for you and That's a good, good point. defense. I don't know what else to say other than Michigan doesn't need style points to get where they want to be. That's a great point. That's a great point. Big guy, you bet this one? Uh, Brian Ferentz's swan song. Why do we think he's <laughs> going to hold anything back? He's going to pull out all the tricks in his bag. Oh, is that what he's going to We're going to see that high-flying offensive attack. He's been waiting <laughs> for this moment to ruin Michigan season. No, I want... I so badly want Iowa to find a way to do something here, do anything. Not even just – just make the game interesting in the middle of the third quarter. That's it. Give me two and a half quarters of entertainment. I think the Washington Generals have a better chance against the Harlem Globetrotters. I'm actually going to be upset when we start seeing an Iowa team that embraces the forward pass. Like, it's going to depress me. Like, we're going to harken back on this era of Iowa football and go – Everyone else is chucking the ball 30, 40, 50 times a game, and Iowa's winning games 3 nothing. But this, this reminds me. You guys remember Iowa high school girls basketball back in the day? Do well, I you remember? Guys probably, how? You probably weren't even born. I'm talking, <laughs> that was a trick up, question. Up until about 30 years ago, <laughs> there was a rule in Iowa ba basketball for high school girls. You could only play half court. You were either an offensive player or a defensive player. It was three on three on each end of the floor. Really? And it was that way till just in the last, I'm going to say, 25 years. So you had wow. six players on the court all the time. But when a person, let's say, rebounded the basketball and brought it up court, they had to stop at half court and throw it to an offensive player. That's what this is. This is just unbelievably bad offensive football. But you got to give Kirk Ferentz all the credit in the world because his team is fundamentally sound and they don't. They don't make stupid mistakes. It's shocking. I, I was blown away on uh, watching that game last Friday when I saw it said Iowa's record was 9-2. and two. If somebody <laughs> said to me, how many wins does Iowa have in their season? Win they've won 10. You could have taken me for any amount of money you wanted. I had no idea this team had won 10 games. Didn't that the, didn't the total close 25, 25 and a half? Yeah, 25 and a half. Uh, yeah. Lowest total ever. Yep. 
And it still stayed, what, 13-10? Stayed yeah. under. Yeah. That's Iowa hilarious. won when a guy who hasn't kicked a field goal in two years kicked a 38-yard field goal that just made it over the bar with time running out. Well, it does help <laughs> when Nebraska's uh, quarterback finds the Mike linebacker wide open on the play. <laughs> and then lets him return it to, like, the 37. <laughs> exactly. I'm sitting there going, you know, I've been saying this all season. Uh, listen, guys, I'm from Omaha. Most people who follow me knows that. I'm a huge Nebraska football fan, not as big as I used to be. Uh, but the bottom line is, is can you get a Power 5 quarterback in Lincoln? I don't care if he's a backup Power 5 quarterback. That's all I got to say. Are you pleased? Are you pleased with Rule after Absolutely, year one? Absolutely, I am. Uh, he has nothing to work with. They've had a ton of injuries on the offensive line. They've been playing with a fourth string running back, and they've been playing without a power five quarterback. And they were basically three mistakes away from eating four. Well, I just say this. If Nebraska wants to get back to where they were before, the better first thing they need to go get on that staff is a parole officer. Because that's when Nebraska was winning national championships. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Anything, the three of you, feel free to jump in. we still got 40 seconds. Anything on the way out as far as plays? Any of you? I got Temple tonight, laying three and a half at home. Four props, Cole Anthony over PRA, Jalen Duran over two and a half assists, Jalen Green over 21 and a half points, Jabari Smith over 13 and a half points. Appalachian the State. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, please, please. I was just going to say in football in the Sun Belt Conference, Appalachian State plus the points over Troy. Oh, beautiful. Okay, boys, have a good one. Wednesday edition of Sharp Money. Scott Spritzer, Doc Sports, DOC Sports, and Scott Wins on Twitter. We'll see you tomorrow. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.